0: My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. There have been naysayers throughout all time, people claiming God isn't powerful enough or close enough or real enough. There may even be those in your life who tell you to give up that God isn't going to come to your rescue. But I'm going to show you through God's revealed word how that is not true. Inspired by Toby Mac's song, Help is on the Way, I spent some time in a letter from the Apostle Peter. I can't wait to dive into scripture with you, but first, let's listen. It may be midnight or midday. It's never early, never late. He gonna stand by what he claims. I live the Help is on the way. When Toby Max sings of God not being early or late, but rather standing by what he claims, this revi- reminds me of a verse in 2 Peter. Verse 8 says this, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. That's basically what our song is saying, right? He's not slow. He's not late. He will keep his promise, just like our song says he's going to stand by what he claims. Indeed, help is on the way. But when you read Second Peter, you might be a little alarmed at how this help is going to look. But remember, our goal is to read the Bible for ourselves. We want to discover what it actually says so that it can change the way we think and ultimately the way we behave, the way we live. And Peter makes some compelling arguments in this letter. The first thing I want you to do is to take the bite of reading this letter in context. And with short letters like this, reading the entire letter is always in order. It's three chapters. Okay, so I combined this bite with reading the letter repetitively. I even added the bite of listening to an audio version of the text. Now, what are all these bites I'm talking about? Well, they are Bible interaction tool exercises. These are the habits I use to keep my time in God's word effective and varied. And you'll notice that most of them are quite simple, but they will be life changing as you begin to incorporate them into your time in God's word. I don't create bites as much as I curate them. I gather habits and interactions that other people use as they interact with God's Word, and I begin to incorporate them into my time, and then I share them with you. So every time uh, I get a new subscriber to my email list, I ask this question, though. What is your most significant barrier to spending time in God's Word? And a new subscriber recently responded, being consistent. And boy, I hear that. I mean, it's so hard to have a consistent daily habit, especially when the habit itself doesn't seem to have an instant reward. Uh, I know that passing on carbs and increasing my veggie intake will lead to greater health over time. I know this, but the problem is that it's over time. (laughs) You know, some mornings I have a win on the scale or extra energy I hadn't noticed before, but to consistently follow this habit is hard. Building spiritual health is hard too. And you know, staying in God's word is the right path, but the results just don't seem to be immediately obvious all the time, so the habit is harder to maintain. I get it. Sometimes you read and you're like, "Wow, I just really feel like the Holy Spirit met me in that moment." And then other times you're like, "Huh. I mean, okay, I don't I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that or I don't or I don't understand it." Okay? This is why I try to give you smaller bites to take. I know it's cheesy when I say that these habits help you take a bite out of scripture, but it's true. And my encouragement is to take smaller bites every day if you're wanting to build consistency in your walk with the Lord and in your time with God's word. This is honestly what I do. I'm not sharing with you anything that I am not doing myself to prepare for this podcast. The difference is that I summarize in 20 minutes the activities that I take all week. Um, So take small bites daily carve out some time to take some of the bigger bites weekly and you will begin to see kind of a full meal come together in ways that you have not before. So if your biggest barrier is consistency too, then do this. On on one day, one day read 2nd Peter. The next day listen to 2nd Peter. The next day read 2nd Peter again, but this time write down some observations that jump out at you. The next day, listen to 2 Peter once more and log any major themes that you see. The next day, watch the overview on 2 Peter. I'm going to link to an overview video in the show notes. And if you do this, you, you will have been in God's word for five days straight. And then I'm sure the Holy Spirit will have enough to work with at this point to keep you in his word to reveal himself to you for two more days. And there you have a daily habit, one bite at a time. In fact, I created a one-page PDF guide to help you walk right through this process. And if you are a current subscriber, the link to this resource is already in your inbox. Otherwise, just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 391download, and I'll email you the link to a guide that I put together just for you to explore Second Peter together, kind of following this pattern of bites that I just explained. So the guide reflects exactly what I did this week. I cannot wait to share with you what I discovered, and then I hope you will follow up this podcast by following this pattern on your own, with or without the guide. You don't have to have it; it's just a, a value add for you. But let's so let's jump into First uh, Second Peter. Uh, first of all, I want to say that Peter's second letter is super passionate. As you read it. Um, you will discover he knows he's about to die, and history confirms that he was right. He did die shortly after this letter was written. Second of all, he is 100% committed to his conviction that God loves the world and is determined to rescue it. And I mentioned earlier that his rescue plan is pretty eye-opening, but basically God must deal with evil and overcome it to make a way for a new future. But when I say God loves the world— I don't want you to think that this is an impersonal love. God loves you and wants to rescue you. If you've placed your faith in Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you stand rescued. But we also look forward to Christ's second coming. Because while we've been saved from the power and eternal consequence of sin, we have not yet been rescued from the presence of sin in our world. So when you read this letter from Peter to some very specific believers, we say specific believers because he's... um, talking about very specific circumstances. But you can see that he's pretty hot under the collar at the false teachers and scoffers of everything holy. They were making waves and they were leading people astray and Peter was going to have none of it. So what were some of the things the scoffers were claiming in Peter's day? First of all, they were saying, you made this up. You know, these apostles are writing letters and talking about things. And they're like, yeah, that didn't really happen. Another thing that they were saying is there will not be any consequences. We can live our life. We can sin. Uh, we don't even have to call it sin. We can just do whatever we want. We can, we can make it up and there won't be any consequences. And the third thing that they were saying is Jesus isn't coming back. Uh, if he hasn't come back by now, he's not coming back anytime soon or ever. And, and so these are three things that they were claiming. And I have a daughter in college right now, and uh, Peter could have written this letter to believers at Tulane University in New Orleans, because in our liberal institutions here in the U.S. and around the world, scoffers abound. The difference is that my daughter isn't confused by them because they're outside of the church. Of course, they believe that the Bible is made up, that their lifestyles of sin won't have eternal consequences, that they definitely don't believe that Jesus is coming back because I'm not even sure if they believe Jesus ever existed. Uh, They definitely don't believe that he's Messiah. So uh, the real issue for Peter, though, is that these things were being said inside the church. So just like my daughter, she she's like, well, I mean, these are not believers. So why? Of course, they're going to say these things. But these things were being said inside the church. And these things were being spread by people claiming to follow Christ and other people were falling for it. And Peter was passionate. He was passionate because he could see the end so clearly and it was so imminent not just his end but the end of the world as we know it. And so I want to focus in on chapter 3 for today's episode, but really, please take the time to sit in this letter this week. You will be amazed at how powerful and practical it really is. So, the very first thing Peter says in chapter 3 is this. This is how the sec this is now the second letter that I'm writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I'm stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles, knowing this first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. So I I had a conversation just a couple of weeks ago with a new friend at church, and she told me something that I absolutely could not believe. But if it happened to her, it may have happened to you. And so I want to talk about it. She told me that she was taught in youth group at church, that in her youth group growing up, that her youth pastor told them that the Old Testament was old and not really relevant for today. That we are a New Testament church and we don't need to waste our time in the Old Testament. I am shocked and saddened by this. And if you have ever been taught this nonsense, then I want you to discard this teaching right now. This could be a podcast episode all on its own, but let's just take what we're reading here in Peter. He's telling the believers to remember, to remember what they'd been taught in the Old Testament, to remember what Jesus himself taught and what the apostles have taught. Three witnesses all saying the same thing. And in this case, it's about scoffers. But by giving the Old Testament teachings credence here, we can safely say, no, the Old Testament is not old and worthy of being discarded. Rather, it points to everything the new covenant promises and fulfills. Okay, sorry for that small rant. But what Peter is uh, trying to, uh, but I want to know what is Peter trying to refresh their memory of, and that is that there would be scoffers. Verse 3, knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. And why do they scoff? Because they have no reverence for Christ or the truth, but also because they want to do their own thing. They want to sin, and so to scoff at the very truth that would call their sin, sin, That's why they do that. So we talked about the fact that the letter reveals some of the things that the scoffers were claiming, like you made this up. There won't be any consequences. Jesus isn't coming back. So let's keep reading to take on this idea that Jesus isn't coming back. Verse four, they will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. Now, this reminds me of the parable of the 10 virgins. And I want to take the bite of following the cross reference to Matthew 25. And I want to read the parable to you, it's short. It's going to take a couple of minutes, but I just want to hear, I want us to hear it for ourselves again. Verse one, then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. OK, so obviously the podcast is not about this parable. And so we could really unpack it. But there's a couple of words that jumped out at me here. First of all, delayed. It reminds me of our focus verse that the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise because he's not delayed in his return you might think he is but the keeper of all knowledge is right on time and the other word is midnight because that that word's actually in our song it says maybe midnight or midday and the lesson from this parable and our song is to be ready and that is what Peter is saying too so let's hop back to second Peter and keep reading in verse 5 of the scoffers that since generations have come and gone and Jesus still hasn't returned, he must not be planning on keeping his promise. Well, Peter's argument is, look around. We live in a universe where God brought something out of nothing with a word. And with another word, he destroyed his creation through the flood. And it will only take a word for Jesus to return to earth again, fulfilling his promise. So why is it taking so long? That's the real question. Not is it going to happen, but why hasn't it happened yet? Peter answers that question in verse 8. Do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance." Now, verse 8 is actually a direct quote from a psalm of Moses, and you can find that in Psalm 90. And when I take the bite of following this cross-reference, I see the following as I read Psalm 90. I see generations coming and going, right? So just like the scoffers were saying. I see the eternality of God. I mean, he's eternal. He's got a different perspective than what we have. Thus, a thousand years is as a day. Okay. I see the short lives of man. I see dust returning to dust. Right. I see God's perspective again, back to the eternality. A thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past is what Psalm 90 says. I see a flood, and Peter talks about the flood in his argument as well. I see our secret sins exposed in the light of his presence. Isn't that interesting? Because the scoffers just want to live in their sin, and they don't think there's any consequence. And I think they think it's never going to actually come to light anyway. I see God's judgment, and I see in light of all that, we are taught to number our days. This psalm is a great one to add to your interaction time in God's word this week. It is Super powerful after spending so much time in Second Peter, when you read it, you'll find a lot of comparisons and uh, threads that kind of run together. But what is P- Peter teaching us here? Verse 9 again, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. God isn't slow. He isn't delayed. He isn't ditching his promise. He wants to give the sinner more time to repent because he loves the world, but he can't set aside his holiness. He goes on to talk about the end of the world as we know it, and I want to—I want you to meditate on this yourself. But we're running out of time today, and I want to get to Peter's conclusion. So <clears throat> Moses' conclusion in Psalm 90 is to number our days, that we might get a heart of wisdom. And Peter's conclusion is much the same. Verse 14 of chapter 3 of Second Peter. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace and count the patience of our Lord as salvation. And he goes on in verse 17. Take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ so i see here that we are to count the lord's patience as salvation we are to be ready for the lord's return by staying pure and at peace that we're we're not we're to lose our balance because of lawless scoffers we are to grow in the grace of Jesus and grow in the knowledge of Jesus. These are very significant things as we continue to ponder these this scripture. Isn't it interesting that he wants us to be found without spot or blemish? So he wants us to be pure, but he also wants us to be at peace. We, we shouldn't be getting all riled up at God's timetable and we should not allow other people, lawless people, to cause us to lose our own stability. I just find these words so fascinating. And so we're, this is what we're not supposed to do. And this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to grow. We're supposed to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you begin to build consistency in the word of God, you will grow. You will grow, my friend. And so I encourage you to use some of the tips that I shared to, um, this week to explore Second Peter, but also just incorporate those tips in your regular time in God's word and just see how it will help you grow. So what's next? Well, Spend some time in 2 Peter this week. If you want that guide to walk you through the letter, just go to michellekneesat.com forward slash 391 download, and I'll send you suggestions for seven days of interacting with Second Peter. And I just want you to also stand encouraged. Stand encouraged that the Lord is coming back. <laughs> Count the Lord's patience as salvation, but be passionate. I, I want my passion to increase like I saw Peter's passion um, as I st- as sat in this letter this week. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at com. You can hop on Twitter or Instagram at michellenezat. My Facebook page is Michelle L. Nizat and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, More Than a Song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network, a network of podcasts associated with New Release Today. You can check out their resources at newreleasetoday.com. Now, have you had a chance to join the 30 Day Music Challenge? I, I really hope you do. The challenge is to listen exclusively to Christian music for 30 days. You are never too late to jump in. You just submit your name and email address at com forward slash 30 day challenge and you're in. Uh, I am excited about the upcoming Women's Conference in September. I'm going to be the keynote speaker at the Cultivate Conference in Lafayette, September 10th through 11th. You can learn more about the conference by clicking on my link at, the, at my website, Uh We are going to meet with the God of the universe together in a unique and mighty way. I really want you to be there, and there is still time to register. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank any new subscribers to my website, like Vincelli from Puerto Rico and Patty from Texas. Welcome. And just as a reminder, new subscribers get a one-page resource of my top five bites that I use on the podcast. It's a really great place to start. I will also send you a weekly email where I basically send you the show notes in your inbox with live links to all the things that I talk about if I use outside resources and things like that and then if I create an extra resource like I did this week it will be sent to you first you don't have to you don't have to go and search for it it'll be sent directly in your inbox all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening so head over to michelleneesthat.com to subscribe today. And then have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? It, it really encourages me. It does, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. I know that when I try new podcasts, that's one of the very first things I look at is their reviews. And so if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. And of course, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michelleknizat.com through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can Follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Look What You've Done by Tasha Layton to jump into scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michelleneedsthat.com forward slash 391. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation.